Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. That's Not Gunner Productions podcast. there, and welcome to another midweek guest episode of OOF, Right in the Childhood. Today, I'm joined by Tim Hall of Therapy for Monsters. Tim, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jen. Hey, Tim, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? So I am a fellow podcaster. Uh, I do a podcast called Therapy for Monsters because I am actually a therapist in real life. Um, I've been doing that for quite a few years now, like over a decade, I think. I'm getting old. Um, But yeah, so it's just a fun little podcast where uh, the the clients are kind of improvised uh, monsters seeking support. So you've got things like, you know, Gollum, who's obsessed with the ring and wanting a little bit of therapeutic help, or I don't know, Bowser talking about Mario always bothering him. So yeah, lots of. interesting little things yeah i recently listened to your episode with uh the beast from beauty and the beast and uh i really <laughs> like how you're like no no this is not this is not how you show love for someone <laughs> no yeah it's just, i just thought it was funny that he's like obsessed about his looks um and how he, she can't possibly love me because the way i look and it's like dude you've got her trapped you're like she's your prisoner <laughs> i think that's a bigger issue here than um yeah the fact that you've got a little bit of hair on your face right i, I can barely wait to do the whole episode on stockholm syndrome that's coming sometime <laughs> next year it'll be great uh there's so much material there, like especially the earlier disney movies before they became more pc um yeah, there's, there's lots of interesting characters for example this week we're talking about cinderella and uh all of that that comes along with it. Um, so, so Tim, does does Cinderella need need therapy, or who do you think needs therapy in this movie? You got a feel for Cinderella, like she's got the bad end of um, bad end of things, doesn't she? So, so her parents have died, and then she's stuck with this horrible stepmother and horrible stepsisters. Um, yeah, she doesn't have it very easy, does she? She does not. It is uh, quite the thing. And you know what? I, I actually wouldn't even blame her if she needed just just the smattering of, of therapy after all that she's gone through. 
Uh, oh, definitely. It's definitely a thing. Like she, imagine the uh, imagine the mental health. Like it, her, she'd be dealing with grief and loss while dealing with a pretty much abuse and being held captive and yeah, treated like she's worthless. So I, I think there'd be a couple of issues going on in in her mind. Like you'd yeah, it'd be a tough one. Funny uh, when I watched this with my daughter, who is seventeen, she kept saying are the animals hallucinations? And the more she asked it, the more I went, you know, (laughs) that's a really good coping mechanism there, Cindy. That'd be okay. (laughs) Yeah. So she's kind of, um, what, uh, she's kind of hallucinating some supportive relationships in her life, which, yeah, you couldn't blame her. She, she needs something. Um, I don't know. I, I thought the animals kind of reminded me a little bit Actually, the whole scenario reminded me a little bit of Harry Potter, you know. So his parents have passed away. He is able to speak to animals, so he can speak to snakes and stuff like that. Um, and he's getting bullied by his new step family. So yeah, there's a there's a little bit of um, Harry Potter in this in Cinderella. I think that's a really good point. I had never really thought about you know transitioning the abuse of Cinderella to the abuse of Harry Potter, but an excellent point. Yeah, except um, instead of going to Hogwarts, she just gets a nice magical carriage ride to a ball. Um, I think I'd probably prefer the trip to Hogwarts. I got to say, like, I mean, the way that Disney solved all problems was, and then they got married <laughs> at the end. What I thought was amazing was how the the whole plot was based on, and, and look, it's a nice story and everything, so, like, you know, it, it's a better movie than I could have made. Um, but at the same time, the whole plot is based on this idea that he really wants, um, the prince wants true love and doesn't want to just be set up by his father because the father just wants grandkids. Um, so the prince wants true love. And yet, I don't know, did they actually talk to each other in the movie? Did Cinderella and the prince actually talk? They never said a word i think the only words that they ever said was she was like oh i didn't even meet the prince i must go and he was like but wait you're shooting <laughs> yeah. that's all of their dialogue right there and then they got married yeah at the end. so you, you've got to <laughs> you've got to wonder about the depth of their love um considering there there was just no like you didn't get to know the prince's personality at all and he didn't get to know hers beside the fact that oh yeah you're pretty and she's like oh yeah you're you're a rich prince and you're not an abusive stepmother so yeah i'll 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 come to your place um but yeah seem like an excellent alternative to what my life is right now (laughs) let's do that (laughs) pretty much anything compared to what she was currently um saddled with in her life would have been better so you, you can't really blame her for jumping ship pretty easily Oh, absolutely not. It, something that I did notice as I was watching it, um, and I'd never really watched it, uh, like, and thinking about it, as how often they're like, the prince absolutely does not want to get married. And, mm. and like, they keep, t- they didn't even say he wants to fall in love. They're like, he is not interested in getting married. And then, like, the, the Archduke is like, if the prince should suspect that we have set him up with a woman, I was like, I need some more information about <laughs> what's going on with Prince Charming here yeah. because he just doesn't want to meet a girl at all. Yeah. So what's what's his deal? I, I thought they did mention 
him wanting love, but maybe maybe I'm just conjuring that up because there has to be some reason he doesn't want just any woman. Um, yeah, what? Yeah, they don't really delve into his character very much. He is absolutely the most cardboard cutout of a <laughs> prince ever. Just like he—he he is nothing. I, I, maybe the maybe the sequels go into it. I don't know. I've never actually watched the sequels, but oh. uh, yeah, I kept kind of like the. The the archduke kept saying to the king, "You're such a romantic sire," and he's like, "Yeah, just smush two, a boy and a girl together, and they'll fall in love." You're such a romantic, and I'm like, "We need to have a talk, yeah, about what your romantic well, is." And I think what this was in the fifties, wasn't it? Yeah, it was uh, fifty one. Yeah, I think the um, importance of a, a woman actually liking the man that she's been introduced to uh, i think that wasn't so important back then um there was a few issues there i think uh in terms of the way women were treated and um yeah and portrayed and and i mean especially because it's being set in uh probably i think 1400s france Mm. because that's when the 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 peralt story was was written but like I mean, in the 1950s, it was just the beginning of that whole. Hey, maybe you should actually like the guy that you married a little uh, bit. I mean, you don't have to really like him, <laughs> just just a little. It's this idea that women's opinions actually matter. This is just revolutionary. Um, but that's the way things kind of were. I kept laughing throughout the whole ball scene with them being like, "He might suspect that we want him to fall in love." I'm like, "You literally threw a ball and invited only women. I <laughs> think he's gonna figure it out." Yeah, I didn't even think of that. So yeah, there was literally no other um, men there, so he didn't have anyone to um, compete with, did he? And yeah, just uh, here's a big room, fill them with women, and um, yeah, hopefully something sticks. I think the uh, the sepsisters also might have some delusions going on about their own everything. Yeah, um, <laughs> they they seem to think they're pretty amazing, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's almost that it's almost that bullying mentality, isn't it? Where they just blame everything that's wrong with them on Cinderella and then never actually recognize that they're terrible, horrible human beings. Um, so, yeah, there's no realization there, is there? There isn't. And um, during the scene where they're getting ready for the ball, they're like, why can't we have new clothes? I was like, because you squandered the family fortune in like two <laughs> years. That seems like that's on what you. What did they spend all that money on? Oh, just. I have no idea. Oh, I'm thinking Beauty and the Beast, where the the um, prince spends all the taxes on um, like lavish lifestyle and everything. But and they did have a pretty lavish house, but I don't know. But they had that lavish house at the beginning. Yeah. So where'd all the money go? Why they have to rely? Maybe it was on... building the tower for Cinderella to live <laughs> in. I don't know. Why do they have to rely on Cinderella to be a servant? If with all that money, surely they could have um, hired more help. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it was by choice. They they really wanted. They really had it in for Cinderella and wanted her to do everything. Maybe. Yeah. Well, so hmm. what? So Cinderella. This what is what got me a little bit. So Cinderella was basically an unpaid servant to the step family. Um, and you think, okay, that that's pretty horrible. But then all of her animal friends were pretty much like unpaid servants to her, like making her her dress and, you know, 
running after her and taking care of her. So it was kind of like uh, the more you go down the the line here, you really got to kind of feel that flip. Uh, feel for the animals, don't you? The mice. She didn't ask the mice to make the dress. They made the dress based on her blueprints. Yeah, like, they actually were like, "We can do this. We're going to do this for her." Rather than, "Hey, mice, I've got to go clean up after my stepsisters. Make me a dress." K, okay, bye. Yeah. So there, I guess it was more voluntary. Except it didn't get. It wasn't voluntary when the mice were made into the horse. Uh, the uh, horses. I think the the mice weren't too impressed. That one. By that <laughs> that was something <laughs> what, what did you make of the uh, fairy godmother she uh she so i actually for the first time noticed that she spoke in heroic couplets this time and i was laughing the whole time but she is like she completely missed the point of what cinderella was upset about um and that was the the funny part of that scene is like she's like oh you need a carriage and a footman and horses and and this and this and this and then she's like okay go have fun and C- mm. Cindy's like um I I'm literally wearing rags I could not be worse <laughs> more worse dressed than this yeah. so I, I thought that was kind of funny that she just completely missed the point of the problem but my favorite thing about it was that she wasn't like go meet a prince and you know get married and have babies she was like I'd like you to have a good night fun but be back by midnight (laughs) she didn't even tell her like you have to go meet a prince just go have some fun yeah yeah there wasn't too much depth there either was there um at least she had a nice song you know so that was that was pleasant um but yeah you you i don't know you 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 do wonder where what the um fairy godmother's motive was so i i actually took the time to read the original fairy tale because it's only like a hundred words long and, and it's just like cinderella's godmother who happened to be a fairy so it wasn't <laughs> like like she already had a godmother who was a fairy yeah and i i kept noticing like she said something along the lines of if you didn't believe that i wouldn't be here and i was like huh what <laughs> there's a lot of head scratching with it um I think, yeah, it's it's one of those things where they've obviously thought so far and then no further in terms of like what the depth is behind the characters and say so there's a little bit of inconsistency. Um, but again, still better than a movie that I could have done. Um, and I think the, the whole... Well, absolutely. Yeah. A nice story. I mean, not, not, I'm not saying that absolutely it's better, than, but it, it's a nice story. And the more I kind of dug into it, the more I kind of saw that the fairy godmother was a transition from like in in ancient Greece, it was an eagle, which was a messenger of the gods. In ancient China, it was okay. a it was a fish that was a god. And so, like, they were like, "How do we do this?" But we believe in one god, and we can't have multiple gods. So it's a fairy godmother that uh, does the magic okay. this time i think a little bit more um, palatable to the audience to just make it a nice nice pretty happy fairy godmother than rather than getting into too much trouble with other things yeah i, I guess this was before you know you got burned for witchcraft or something <laughs> yeah it's an interesting story so you you've got um the thing that gets me as well is the limitations with the fairy godmother's magic. So, so it was only able to last until midnight, and then the carriage went back to normal, the horses went back to normal, the dress went back to normal. So, why didn't the glass 
shoes go back to normal? Okay, so I asked the same question, and do you want the answer? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, after, again, reading the original, in the original, she doesn't create the glass shoes. She gives her glass shoes. So it's oh, like something that okay. the fairy godmother already had and handed her instead of turning her shoes into glass slippers. Okay. So they didn't have anything to return to. They already existed. Now, in the movie, that's not true, but in that's in the original fairy tale. Well, that and, makes sense. Uh, in, the new, in the new remake, they actually show her step out of her old shoes and then she makes the glass slippers from nothing. Mm. Which my argument is then they have nothing to return to. But in the original, she just gives her glass slippers. I want to take a moment to thank my supporters on Patreon. Jason and Mixie have both joined in at the $5 level so they can hear ad-free versions of every episode one day early and listen to my discussion of the propaganda that Disney created during World War II. Supporters on Patreon help me cover hosting fees and upgrade my equipment while being able to choose to promote small businesses. If you'd like to become a patron, you can search the show over at Patreon, or you can follow the link in the show notes or on my website. Are you a grown-up who loves Disney? Are you a grown-up who wants all the facts? Are you a grown-up who spends copious hours arguing with friends and family about the deep intellectual properties of your favorite Disney movie? Do you want to delve deeper into the realms of Disney with us? I'm Stacy, And I'm Georgina. And together, we're Disney Grown Up. We are the place to get all of the intellectual debate on your favourite Disney movie. Get all of those fun facts. And a whole heap of raw reactions to all of those interesting Disney movie moments. You can find us where any good podcast is found or on our website, thatsnotcanonproductions.com. Join us for Disney Grown Up. You know you want to. That's Not Canon Productions podcast. Yeah, okay. I think the original makes more sense with that. So, okay. So in the original, was the original quite violent? Because I thought that I remember hearing randomly about some violent aspects to it am i remembering correctly you're not wrong okay uh you're 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 not wrong but you're not right so the original that this is based on is by charles perrault who was french um and then the Grimm brothers wrote a version of it about a hundred years later and that's where you get the gory bits Uh, of like the stepsisters cutting their feet uh trying to fit into the glass slipper and things like that so this was actually based on the original um modern retelling of it rather than you know basing it on like the greek myth or the chinese myth uh but mm. charles perrault was the first one to write it down in 14th century or 15th century france okay all right so this is making sense then and so disney's come along they've um what w- was the original as one-dimensional as the disney portrayal in terms of uh we're going to solve every problem you have with a man Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was written in 15th century. (laughs) Um, The thing that I really thought was interesting, they pointed out in the original that I really wish Disney had gone into, um, and I kind of make fun of it. So the beginning songs like Cinderella, you're as beautiful as your name. Cinderella is not her name. Okay. She doesn't have a name. So her her stepsisters, one called her Cinderwinch, 
and the nicer one called her Cinderella because she slept in the in the um in the cinders of the fireplace. Wow, boy. So so she doesn't have a name. <laughs> you got a feel for this poor Cinderella like um yeah, you'd definitely be ch- calling child protection uh, for her growing up, wouldn't you? She didn't, uh, didn't get the nicest of treatment. She needed a required reporter. Like, yeah. someone needed to be like, um, so I don't know what happened, but this dude died and his his wife, his widow is the yeah. worst. So why does the stepmother have it so in for Cinderella? Because she's beautiful and her daughters aren't. So, like, it's okay. like a jealousy thing of, like, and her father, like, according to the, the story, her father loved Cinderella, and, like, she took up the special place in her heart, and I think that there's probably something there about the stepmother being a little jealous of Cinderella getting some extra attention from her husband, you know, the mm. worst, and yeah. also that he didn't have that same relationship with the stepdaughters, perhaps. And so when he died, then she just kind of was like, well, I'm going to shower my kids with, with like as much money and jewels as I possibly can. And then she can, she can rot in the cinders kind of thing. Wow. So what, so she's, because anytime you, you see abuse, you've got to go, okay, well, where's the, where's the victim thoughts for the person to justify the abuse? So with the stepmother, it seems like she's, they're going, oh, I'm the victim of my husband paying more attention to his daughter than me. Um, and then my kids are the victim of not turning out as beautiful as Cinderella um, and not as likable. So I'm going to then, yeah, use that victimhood to justify my abuse of Cinderella. She's got it coming because, you know, it was unfair what, I went through and what my kids have gone through. So we'll make Cinderella suffer. Well, yeah. And it's definitely, I've got to say, I mean, I don't know how the dad treated the stepdaughters, but I'm going to kind of give it a little bit of an assumption because it talks about how close she was with her father. And, you know, there is always that kind of issue when you've got that, uh, the, the conjoined families, the married families, um, that sometimes not everything feels as equal as it Mm. should be in in like the hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, that's a very real thing where um, those family dynamics with blended families can be difficult, but um, very unusual to make somebody, yeah, a prisoner and to force them to be your servant. Not many people go to that extreme. I mean, it is a little bit much. I'm not at all ex- like saying, oh, yeah, I think that, oh, gosh, what's her name? It's like Lady something. I've forgotten what her name is. Yeah. But like, I'm not saying she was right. I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying that either. Reason. Just trying to understand where, where are they coming from? Uh, and uh, yeah, what got me as well was just how far, like how, how horrible she really was to kind of set up Cinderella's hopes for the ball by saying initially, yeah, 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 you can go. And then putting that little, uh, condition on that, you know, as long as you've got all the work done and then going and just adding more and more and more work for her to do. And then to have the bloomin', um, 
daughters rip her dress apart. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty extreme. Actually, said I, I think that to this to the point of this movie, I mean, like there weren't a whole bunch of movies up to this point. She is the absolute, I will say, second most evil character because I think the hunter that killed Bambi's mother was like a poacher. But like, right. at least the evil queen in Snow White was like, I'm just going to kill her. Yeah. <laughs> I, Not n- just none torture of this, her. Yeah, I, none of this. I'll trap her in a tower and torture mm. her and then and pretend like she doesn't exist and get her hopes up and and then smash them. I mean, like, that's that's sadistic. And and I think the fact that, like, we can't really pinpoint what the motivation was for the stepmother to actually do this kind of even speaks to even more just how evil she was that she didn't really even need much of a reason to treat this person so horribly. Right? I Like... I think the whole motivation was money. Like if you look at mm. it, because she wants her girls to marry this prince. And that is one of the most hilarious points in the movie where she's like, you and you who look absolutely nothing like this girl he danced with. I bet you can fit yeah. into that shoe and trick him into believing you're that girl that he danced with. That seems yeah. fine. Does this also speak to what we were talking about before about just how shallow the prince and Cinderella's relationship was the fact that Possibly. he can't even recognize who this, who this girl is and his the only connection he can like make with her is like oh yeah she had this shoe so or is that more of the father's kind of doing where the father's like oh any girl will do as long as she, uh, long as she fits in the shoe I, you know, I, I really don't know. It's I think it might be a combination of the two. I think the prince, like, if given what we know about the prince from the ball, maybe the prince was just like, well, I met her and she ran away and, well, that sucks. I'll just go on with my life. And the king was like, no, absolutely. We have to have an heir. Um, but I kept thinking, I was like, why didn't you have, like, a contingency plan for what if, the shoe fits more than one girl or what mm. if it fits someone and she actually is married and just kind of sneaked out to the ball and, yeah. and dance with the prince anyway. And then she comes down the, the stairs and is like, Oh, I had the other one in my pocket. And they're like, Oh, well we must try it on your foot to see if you're the right one. I'm like, she had it in her pocket. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She really had to prove herself. Didn't she? Um, and, and just oh, how evil the stepmother was at that point where she's trying to lock Cinderella away and so she can't try on the shoe. And then after Cinderella finally gets out again, um, smashes the shoe. Like, wow. That was um, even to the last moment she's there trying to sabotage Cinderella. Yeah, she uh, she's something. <laughs> I don't know what that yeah. something is, but she's something. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. So, I think Disney did a pretty good job of, uh, yeah, making a pretty monstrous character. And so, I haven't watched the other two, but I do understand that I think the third one, that the stepmother gets a hold of the wand, and or of the fairy godmother's wand, and turns time back and makes it so that Cinderella never marries the prince. And in doing so ruins both of her daughter's lives because they ended up meeting the people who loved them after Cinderella married the prince. Wow. So she did that to spite Cinderella, even though it cost her daughters their own happiness. I don't think she realized that that would be the outcome or or something like that. It's 
like I have to watch them, but that's what I understand from the others because um, I've heard like the the looseness of the concept of the story. Uh, by the mm. time the direct video uh, sequel rage hit, I was kind of out of the Disney like buying movies age, so I haven't yeah. watched them yet. So I'm, I'm holding on to that. But that's what I understand from it is that she turns back time to try to get her daughters to marry the prince and in doing so ruins her daughter's lives. Yeah. Yeah. Like you almost at the end of the movie, the first one kind of feel like the stepmother didn't get her comeuppance. Did she like, she really, she didn't get much of a, or any punishment or any like seem, there was no really, I don't know. No, she didn't. And yeah, I kind of mentioned that like she disobeyed three royal decrees like that it said every eligible maiden and she's like oh except for that one and then they're Mm -hmm. like every eligible maiden must try on the shoe and she's like i'm gonna lock her in the room the 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 tower and then that she comes down the stairs she's like oh no she's nothing she's no one she's not -uh." and they're and i'm like three times you did it thrice that you You disobeyed a royal decree that's that's enough to end up in a guillotine yeah you kind of like Throw her in the cell at least at the end of the movie, or you know, at least Jafar in um, Aladdin got thrown into a lamp to you know for all eternity at the end. So you're like, oh yeah, you got what was coming, but um, now you're left kind of feeling like they never ever ended up getting what was coming. Disney always does a good job of the first movies, and then um, the sequels, they they it's usually a pretty steep drop off. Well. I mean, there was 50 years, 40 years between this one and its sequel, I think. So I think the, the sequel started wow. getting released in the 90s. So, yeah, it w- there was a bit of a separation there. Can you think of any Disney movie that has, whose sequel is better than their original? Um, well, I think that uh, the Toy Story movies, I would give them all pretty equal grounding. Oh, um, that's true. I, wouldn't... I didn't even think of... Because that's Disney Pixar, isn't it? Right, they are Disney Pixar. I'm trying to think of movies that have had sequels that I've actually watched, which is a difficult thing <laughs> in and of itself. Because, <laughs> um, like, and all of the ones I can think of that have sequels are Pixar that I've actually like sit down and watched so far. So Pixar, been, Pixar seems to, yeah, their sequels are quite good, aren't they? So you've got what are some classic sequels and Pixar obviously Toy Story and yeah. now I'm not going to be able to think of any others because I'm the, trying to think. we had Monsters Inc and Monsters University which was the sequel which was uh, Monsters University was nowhere near as good it was nowhere near as good but it was good no. I mean it wasn't it wasn't yeah. awful <laughs> I've seen way worse sequels um, <laughs> that's true I didn't think that Finding Dory was better than Finding Nemo but I thought it was good um, I haven't seen Finding Dory yet. I've seen Finding Nemo, but um, yeah, I've really got to watch Finding Dory. You know what I love to do? I love to like watch Toy Story, the original, and then watch like a video game preview and compare the two and go, look how far we've come. Just, <laughs> just that. That's like from like what ninety two or something or ninety five, yeah. and like watching like it's only been twenty years, and this is how fast our computer generation has come but well, i'm with graphics but yeah graphics have come a long long way haven't they they sure have and everything is graphics now 
Yeah, you even got virtual reality and all of that, which is pretty crazy. Have you ever tried that? I have not, but I really want to. I think it it'd be really really cool. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty nuts. So, um it really fills your mind. I've uh tried to put a controller down on a table in the game before and then just like dropped it um <laughs> in real life. <laughs> so, <laughs> I have enough coordination in real life. I'm worried about virtual reality. (laughs) Yeah, it messes with your mind. It's 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 interesting. Um, I wonder if they'll ever do any virtual reality Disney movies. That would be something. A fair bit off, but like if you um, if you've ever read the uh, Ready Player One books, they talk about doing virtual Mm. reality movies, and they seem really interesting. Like you're acting out a part in the movie, kind of thing, and uh, oh, mean, right. Sounds fascinating. Yeah, I have seen a little animated uh, virtual reality movie where um, it's basically, forget the name of it, it might have been The Prince and I or something like that, but it's basically like this little world and the little character comes out of his house and you see this little round globe world in front of you and you can move your head around and see from different angles and uh while the movie's kind of playing out um but yeah it'd be amazing what disney could do with something like that oh absolutely i can't wait to see what it goes and you know they just announced that they're um pretty much moving all their focus to streaming and home um for the foreseeable future due to all that has happened so maybe we'll see virtual reality movies come out of that and um move forward from that yeah it'll be something but um yeah maybe that will be the good thing that comes out of 2020 (laughs) but if cinderella happened today it would have been a a much simpler process with tracking her down because as soon as she arrives at the ball she would have had to put down all of her identifying details so that they can do the contact tracing if there's any um, <laughs> if there's any spread within the venue. Uh, and so the prince could have oh, no. easily just gone, okay, let's just see the list of guests here. And, oh, yep, this is, a, this, this is where Cinderella is um, and, and be done with it. I was just thinking about her phone pinging. Like, oh, uh, oh well, these phones ping and we're just <laughs> going to scroll through their Instagrams and that's the yeah, girl, yeah, that one. Yeah. Oh, man, how many movies plots would have been ruined with the uh, inclusion of mobile phones? It's just, um, yeah, just there's no suspense, is there? Oh, just like selfie. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> Trying to track Cinderella down and just looks where the, the who's tagged in the photos on, on Facebook and that's all that's required. Use that automatic face tagger thing that... <laughs> facebook does it's super creepy and it's like is this jane and you're like oh really don't know that oh you've never had that happen when you upload a picture and it's like hey is this your friend jane and it's like so yeah could you not know that (laughs) oh no wow so that's how far facebook's come that's scary isn't Mm -hmm. it Uh (laughs) i'm not a fan but oh well so tim i want to thank you so much for joining us today i hope you had as much fun as i did a lot, lots of fun, lots of interesting characters. So thank you for having me on. Well, it is it is my pleasure. And why don't you take a moment and tell all of our listeners exactly where they can find you and uh, so they can go and listen to your uh, podcast as well. Oh, if you just search for Therapy for Monsters 
on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere. Um, yeah, that, that, that's me. Um, and you can also find uh, both of our podcasts on the That's Not Canon Network um, on their webpage. Sure can. Guest episodes when available will drop into your feed on Thursdays after the main episode about that movie is scheduled. Make sure you don't miss a single guest episode by hitting the subscribe button on wherever you're getting your podcasts right now. You can also get updates by following me on social media. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under the username OofMyChildhood. A transcript of this episode will be available on my website, and if you check my YouTube channel, you'll find captioned videos. I do my best to provide a transcript and video as soon as this episode is published, but if this one isn't available yet, check my website for updates and a link to the appropriate video. My theme music was composed and played by Sean Rudolph of Let Music Be. For more information on that studio, you can visit their website at letmusic.be or visit my website for an easy link. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you come back each week to discuss Disney Through Modern Eyes. And while you're at it, if you're enjoying yourself, please let your friends know about me. I'd also appreciate a rating and review wherever you're listening to the show. This podcast was recorded with the help of the Craig Chatbot and edited by me. I release a new regular episode every Monday through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many other podcatchers. So until next time, keep the magic alive. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.